It's time for JT the Brick. How are we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation. Sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do. And please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now, here's JT the Brick. And filling in for JT today, here's Harry Ruiz. Damn, that open got me fired up. JT the Brick bringing the fire. I'm Harry Ruiz filling in for JT here today, Spanish radio broadcaster for Raider Games here on the Lotus Broadcasting Family on Deportes Vegas, 1460 AM. Raider Nation, I know you're frustrated. I know you're mad. I know you're angry. And you got the right reasons to be do so because this team has potential. This team on paper is one of the best rosters the Raiders have had over the past decade. And they haven't been able to produce. They haven't been able to produce victories. And that's what ends up becoming the difference between the good teams, the great teams, and the bad teams. And the Raiders right now, they are so close to being able to get over the hump. But the problem is they haven't been able to do so. And they're going to be hosting the Denver Broncos this Sunday. And the Broncos, I've been able to watch the Monday night football game they played, which was terrible against the Seahawks. And Nathaniel Hackett killed any opportunity his team had of winning that game. And then I watched their Sunday night football game against the Niners. I mean, if you can even call that a game. I was at the gym watching the second half and... I was like so bored that I just turned on my tablet and started watching Cobra Kai instead of watching the game because it was so boring. But the thing is, the Denver Broncos ended up finding ways to win those games. The last two, the first one obviously against Seattle, their head coach was the reason why they weren't able to win it or at least have a chance to win it towards the end. And that's what the Raiders need to do. Find a way to win. Josh McDaniels, he told us during the preseason, we got to figure out a way to not lose the games first. And in the preseason, it was all fun. The team was taking care of business with the penalties, was taking care of business, taking care of the ball, and generating a turnover or two. But once the season rolled in and the starters started getting their first action on the field, it was either turnovers on game one, Penalties in game two or a combination of both in game three. Now, week four is on the horizon. And it's the first of two back-to-back divisional games for the Raiders. And I was looking at it like this. With the way the week ended up happening on Sunday and for the Raiders in their division, if the Raiders win their next two, at worst, they're going to be one game away from the divisional lead heading into the bye week. So, yes, 0-3. I hear a lot of you panicking. I read a lot of you on social media wanting change after three games. But if this team gets their act together and just puts a hammer down and instead of taking it easy for a bit, 
in the middle of the games or at the beginning or at the end of the games. They just put the hammer down and don't have mercy on their opponents. This team can be in a better spot in two weeks. Thing is, they got big challenges coming up ahead. We got a good show lined up here for you today. Wednesday, September 28th. Incredible. The year is almost over. October, November, December, three months left. We waited for football season so long, and now it's here, and now the year's almost over. It's incredible. Hour number two, we're going to have Ryan Sakamoto, better known as Beast. Beast Um, he's a great dude, and he's covering the Raiders. He's at team headquarters right now for team practice, so we're going to be hearing from him in hour number two. We're going to see who practiced, who didn't practice, what's going on with the injuries. Head coach Josh McDaniels, he spoke with the media a couple of minutes ago. We're going to be hearing his press conference here in hour number one. And also, we got a great host from SiriusXM joining us here in hour number one. Sick for Kasi from SiriusXM is going to be joining us to get that national perspective here locally and in the Raider Nation capitals of L.A., of Oakland, of Las Vegas. We know what the Raider Nation is thinking, but we want to get that national perspective and what those folks are thinking and are saying about the Raiders' start because it's definitely tough. 702-365-9200. I'm going to be taking your calls in the following segment, so stay tuned for that. We got our guest coming in right now because Zick, he's a little bit... He's going to be here in this first segment. Why? Because he's busy with his job, and he said, I can jump in in the first block. We would love to have him here on the first block. Raider Nation, Broncos week. Like I say... Raider Nation, we can't stand our divisional opponents. Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, got, we're equal opportunity haters towards them because that's the kind of division we're in. The rivalries, they're huge, and this game, the level of urgency of the Raiders has increased even more with this 0-3 start. And I'd love to welcome right now, here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m., Sirius XM's own, Zig Fricasi, joining us. And I thank you so much for joining us today, Zig. How are you? Happy Wednesday. Harry, I'm doing well, my friend. It was nice uh, having you on. I think it was over the summer with uh, Alex Marvez and myself on NFL Radio. So glad I could return the favor. I thank you so much for doing so. And I want to catch your opinion. You are one of the guys that covers the NFL nationally for Sirius XM. What's your opinion on this Raiders team? Because I know what people locally say, but I want to see what you think. Well, it's disappointing, obviously, at 0-3 because I know the expectations are high, but I mean, look at the margins of loss, 5, 6, and 2. So it means they've been in every game, but for whatever reason, it seems as though there's been the inopportune mistakes or, you know, missed plays here and there. I mean, that game against the Cardinals, really, I would think it would be especially frustrating. I mean, you blow a 20-point lead, let Arizona, who normally, you know, doesn't do much in the second half of ball games, come back to win like that. And I think that was the biggest blown lead in Raiders history. So to me, it just looks as though, you know, things are, are a little askew at this particular point in time. And until they all get corrected, you know, it's one of those things, Harry, where uh, hopefully it doesn't get worse than better. 
Of course, we're talking with Zick Fracassi, 30-plus years of sports talk experience. He's joining us here today on Raider Nation Radio. And, of course, there's no participation trophies. There's no – well, you almost <laughs> had it there. But being so close, does this 0-3 can potentially become something positive for the Raiders at the end because they know that they were so close to getting those uh, positive results at the beginning of the season? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got to factor in here – you have a new head coach. You've got, you know, obviously, Carr and, um, you know, Devontae have worked together in college, and it's going to be a period of adjustment there. And then, you know, like, like we speculated in the off season that, uh, you know, you wonder if those two are so in tune that maybe you forget a Hunter Renfro or some of the other uh, wideouts there, or Waller or what have you. So I think, you know, they're, again, they're, they're close, and at times, it appears as though they're ready to take that next step. But, you know, until everything starts to blend in, you got to remember, too, Harry, I, I always call this time of the year extended preseason because, you know, in most instances, you know, most of these teams don't play their starters anymore for preservation reasons. So, to me, you're going to see some ragged football around the league. And to me, it really doesn't start settling in until the first quarter of the season's over with. So, you know, I don't think the Raiders' margin is that much greater now, but, you know, teams have overcome starting 0-3 to have successful season. I think they got a pretty good chance to win against the Broncos on Sunday because Denver's an ugly 2-1, and but they aren't moving the ball at all. And uh, I think the Raiders at home have a good shot to win this one. Absolutely, Zig. And it, the NFL, it's a quarterback-driven lead league, so you go over to Denver and you see them trading a lot of assets for Russell Wilson, and they're getting a lot of hype in the preseason and the offseason. But this start from them isn't the one that you you were expecting of seeing from the Broncos. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, you would have thought by now it, was, it would be one of these uh, instances where Russell Wilson – um, obviously being the veteran and successful quarterback that he's been. But at the same time, they got a new coach in Hackett. You know, you, you have a new system that you're trying to put in, and we've seen, you know, clock management be an issue. Anymore, it's, it just takes time. I think people are a little too impatient. I think we've gotten into this microwave society here, just zap it in the oven for, for you know, a minute and a half, and then all of a sudden everything's supposed to, be hunky dory. It doesn't work that way. Though I'll tell you this Denver's two and one in spite of the poor play. I bet they'll take that record going forward. Absolutely. And that's something that I was telling Raider Nation a couple of minutes ago. It's like they've been playing ugly, but they've been finding ways to win games. And now talking about the AFC West, once all the moves happened and teams ended up getting big players through trades, through free agency, everybody said the AFC West would be the best conference. This past weekend wasn't the best for them. I mean, the only team that won out of them were the Broncos, and it was an ugly game against the 49ers. Was it just a bad weekend in a very competitive NFL, or do you think the AFC West might not be as good as a, a lot of people expected? You know, it, it's early to say yet because everything, um, you know, again, we're only three weeks into the season, but – it's clear that maybe uh, the, the division has been somewhat overvalued. Uh, the one constant has been the Kansas City Chiefs, although they blew a tough one the other day uh, against the Indianapolis Colts. I still think they're the best team in that division. 
You know, the Broncos, again, have had their struggles offensively. The Raiders, as we know, have dropped some close games. And the Los Angeles Chargers, you know, now you got your quarterback banged up. you got your starting left tackle, Slater, who's out for the entire season. You know, uh, Lindsley's been hurt. Keenan Allen's hurt. So you could field a pretty darn good team there with the Chargers with their ailments. And, and uh, game situation management continues to be an issue with Brandon Staley. So overall, I, I think maybe, you know, a little bit overvalued. But I think in the end, it's still going to be very competitive. You might still get two or three teams coming out of there in terms of the playoffs. We're talking with Zig Fricasi, host and anchor for SiriusXM NFL and SiriusXM Sports. Zig, you've been covering the NFL for a lot of years. The Raiders this season so far in three games, they've used seven different combinations on the offensive line. And just this past game, they used their seventh and they played the same five guys the whole game. First time it has happened this season. And we know it was one of the question marks on this team. Would you be in favor of having that much rotation on your offensive line, or would you prefer just having the same five guys, with that, even if they weren't the best possible in the position? What would your assessment be of the offensive line? How would you want it? Well, you have to, to me, Harry, you've got to have continuity. There's no question about that because, you know, when you've got the quarterback who's making his calls, the center makes the line calls. So if he's got different guys around him, you know, then that makes his job, I think, a whole lot harder. So uh, to me, you've got to be, you got to have continuity. And that stat that you just throw out there maybe is another reason why the Raiders, you know, have struggled early on this season. You, you just don't have that continuity. And like I mentioned, if your starters haven't been playing in the preseason, then all of a sudden you got to pay, you know, play a hodgepodge lodge with your offensive line and try to protect your franchise quarterback there, it can be a dicey proposition. So to me, it's always continuity and the good teams adapt. You know, that's where coaching comes into play. That's where the quarterback's got to come in, the coordinator, whatever they need to do uh, to make use of the players that they do have. In other words, adjusting to your times. And uh, again, the Raiders only three games into the season, but to have that much turnover, that would be a concern. Chandler Jones, he was one of the biggest names that arrived to the Silver and Black this offseason, but so far we haven't called his name much during the games or we haven't seen him impact the games as much as possible. Is there still gas in the tank for Chandler? Because, yeah, he had that huge game in week one last year where he had the five sacks against the Tennessee Titans, but since then he's got 17 games and five and a half sacks since then. Well, in fact, just looking at his brief numbers here, he only has six tackles and no sacks through the first three games, and you're paying mega bucks for a player of his stature, so that's another reason, too. You know, you, you asked me earlier how come maybe the Raiders have struggled. Like I said from the outside, I think it's maybe because, you know, some plays haven't gone their way, but if you bring out, you know, the inconsistency in the offensive line, maybe your biggest free agent signing defensively, hasn't done the job, you know, they got to be able to make plays. That's why they paid him uh, the big bucks contract this offseason. So until he starts coming around, again, we're only three games in, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, will the good teams, and I think the Raiders are a good team, will they adapt? I, I hope they do. 
And I think maybe it starts Sunday against the Broncos. Exactly. And that was something I was saying Monday when I filled in on the morning morning tailgate here on Raider Nation Radio. It's like, hey, even good teams that make the playoffs can have a bad stretch of games. For the Raiders, it happened last year, midway through the season, five out of six. And do you think having gone through what a lot of players went through last season with a chaotic year for the Raiders – is that going to be able to calm the, the situation inside the building and be like, hey, we still have a chance? Absolutely. I mean, if you've got that good veteran leadership, and, you know, Carr's, a, to me, a, a pretty good leader. I think Devontae leads in his own way. Uh, they, they, they know what they're going through. Uh, I don't have the immediate stats in front of me, but I do know teams have made the postseason that have started 0-2, 0-3, uh, you would prefer to have a better start, but uh, again, it just comes down to everything jumping in line and the things that we already talked about. If all that happens, I think the Raiders will be in pretty good shape as the season goes forward. Fantastic. Zig, I can't thank you enough, man, for joining me here today. Zig Fricasi, follow him at Zig Sports Voice. That's his new Twitter handle. Check him out on social media. Of course, you can listen to him on SiriusXM NFL and SiriusXM Sports. And I hope to talk to you soon, Zig. Have a great week, man. You got it, Harry. Thanks for having me on, brother. Fantastic. There he goes, Zig Fricasi, 30-plus year sports talk vet. He follows the NFL every single year and he does a fantastic job doing so and I wanted to get his perspective on precisely the national perspective on the Raiders and we already got our first call of the day here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM and we're going all the way to passionate Raider passionate my man I know it's been a hard start of the season but you never fail man you're always here man you know I'm here man hey as mad as we get, as upset as we get, you know, we still, I, I, like I told JT this whole week, man, I, I really can't throw the, I can't throw, I can't throw the cards in and blame Josh right now, man. And then, you know, the morning tailgate's talking, everyone's getting their, all in their feelings about what Orlowski said, man. I mean, we, we, sometimes you just got to accept the facts, man, and, 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 and hopefully this will light a fire that Derek Carr needs under his ass to get it going. I mean, the NFL is crazy. We all know this, man. It's a very fast-paced game. But, you know, sometimes everybody's not. This is going to be a little bit harder for Josh. He's going to be a little bit more patient because Derek is not Tom, and he's worked with the best his whole career. So I don't know what we're going to do. We don't know if long run if Derek's going to be the man for this position. But you know what? We've got a team on paper right now that's ready to win. We've got Max Crosby out there balling his you-know-what off. He's putting everything. He's putting his... That's what a Raider is supposed to do for every one of you in the locker room who's not playing up to Max's level, man. That's what we need, Harry. And if we're not going to have that, man, it's going to be a long, rough, and everyone's going to be pointing fingers at each other. I don't want the finger pointing, Harry. We don't, we don't expect to go out and win every game. We know it's, that's not going to happen. But just to have a competitive team on that field doing their job to the fullest. Be patient, man. I'm not... I get in my feelings too, man, and I get mad and I, I say this and that, but I, I know this team's going to get there. I just still don't believe we have the right quarterback in place for the future. I think, it's, I, I think, I think that road's been beaten down too many times and it might be time for divorce because our O-line is what it is. And Derek has to have a certain O-line for him to feel comfortable. And to run this offense, Tom moved. Tom is still moving at 45. So something's going to have to happen, Harry. 
We're going to have to have something to like this. And it's coming home against the team we hate the most in Raider Nation is the Denver Broncos. If we lose to this team at home, I wouldn't want to be in Vegas right now. I wouldn't want to do it, Harry. So, come on. I, I got a vibe this week that these guys are going to get it together. They're going to come out and handle business at home. Just win, baby. Please just win. Thanks for taking my call, Harry. That's all day. that Raider Nation wants. Thank you so much for your call, passionate Raider. And it's a prove-it year for Derek Carr. He's been with this squad for eight years now. This is his ninth season. He's got his former college teammate, his BFF, Devontae Adams, in the building. And in my opinion, for Carr, it's like he throws it to Devontae Adams 17 times in the season opener against the Chargers. And what do people do? Oh, he's throwing it too many times to Devontae Adams. And then he goes over in week two against the Arizona Cardinals, and he throws the ball to Devontae Adams seven times. And people are like, oh, he's throwing it not enough times to Devontae Adams. It's a lose-lose for D.C. It's like let him play the game that's being planned out by Josh McDaniels, by Mick Lombardi, by Derek Carr. What I also want to see is just D.C. feeling comfortable out there on the field with his decisions and being like, hey, you know what? Week one, what did he say? He forced the ball one too many times, and he ended up being picked off three times against the Los Angeles Chargers. I was like, all right. He went to week two. He didn't force those passes. He made those passes. He got ahead of the Arizona Cardinals and took an early lead, took a halftime lead of 20 points, but then the game plan wasn't a favorable one with you ahead in the score. And believe me, I know the people in the building, they know that. It's like, all right, we're up by 20 or we're up by two possessions. We got to be able to manage this lead. Let's use the running game. I know your offensive line might not be the best right now, but I'm pretty sure you can move the chains 10 yards on three carries. Do it. Use your weapons. One of the big things that has gotten me bad over the first three games, you got five running backs in that position. You got five running backs in the running back room, plus a fullback. And you're using Josh Jacobs and Brandon Bolden mostly. Samir White, he played against the Cardinals. He got one carry. But in the other two games, he hasn't gotten a single snap with him being the primary running back you got to be able to use your weapons. And the running game for the Raiders, when they've been used, they've been pretty much good. They've been able to move the ball. Yes, they haven't had the huge numbers yet because you're becoming a passing team so far. So that's something to keep in mind. Raider Nation, the lines are open for you. Here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, I want to hear your opinions. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to see what you have in mind for Sunday's game here in Las Vegas. The Raiders taking on the Denver Broncos. Remember, Modelo is an official cerveza of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with the fighting spirit. Modelo, rooted in the heart of Raider Nation. Drink responsibly, imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
back to the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. You know, I think at the end of the day, you know, on third down, um, there's, a, there's certain things that we try and do, and we have to stay head and down distance first of all, right? So if we're in too many third and longs, it's going to be a tough day on third down. So the first job starts on first and second down, and we can't put, our, put ourselves in position to try and convert a bunch of third and ten pluses. So if we try and stay in the third and two to five range, third and six to nine range, we really want to try and do that as much as possible because our percentages just by, go down by being higher and higher. So if we're staying in the third and two to five range, which will be a goal for us moving forward and then staying ahead and down distance and skipping some third downs. You know, if we want to try and eliminate some third downs in the game, try and have more positive plays in the first and second down, get the running game going, you know, making sure we're getting the ball on time of first and second down and not having the negative plays on first and second down really will be key to carrying over success on third down. That's Mick Lombardi, Raiders offensive coordinator, speaking about the third down efficiency of the Raiders against the Tennessee Titans. To say they were terrible on third downs is an understatement. One out of 12, 8%. This team has to be moving the chains. If they don't, their offense is going to be off the field and they're not going to be able to be productive and they're not going to be able to find the end zone. And then when they get on the red zone, they need to be able to get inside the end zone. Two out of six. Two touchdowns in six red zone opportunities for the Raiders. You just switch one of those field goals. Three out of six opportunities in the red zone ended in field goals. You switch one of those to a touchdown, the Raiders beat the Titans. You switch the interception that was picked off from Derek Carr in the end zone on the pass from Devontae Adams to Darren Waller, which was more on Darren Waller than on Derek Carr. You switch it to a field goal instead of an interception, the Raiders win that game. But close is not close enough. You need to get home. You need to get the results. You don't get the results. You're going to continue with that big zero in your win column and the Raiders. They have another opportunity this Sunday, which, by the way, the third game in a row where the Raiders are favored by the sports books and the Raiders need to just deliver. And you know what? Those guys in the sports books, they're usually right. And if the Raiders are favored, they got to come through and be able to get that first win. And speaking of the guy that is in charge of this team is Josh McDaniels, who met with the media today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center ahead of the team's practice in Henderson. Let's hear the Raiders head coach, Josh McDaniels. Uh, this is an interesting group. Um, obviously going through some changes uh, from last year to this year relative to their uh, staff and the systems that they're using and definitely some players that have changed. Um, but uh, explosive team, um, all three phases, no doubt. Um, you know, playing well on defense right now. Good pass rush, very good pass rush. Um, play a lot of tight coverage. Um, pretty good in the defensive backfield. You know, Sertain and Darby are. Um, you know, they may be you know one of the best duos that we're going to see all year for sure. Um, but they, you know, keeping people out of the end zone, creating turnovers, force more fumbles than any team in the league so far. So that'll be a big challenge. Uh, offensively, of course, um, you know, Russell's, uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of things you could say about Russell Wilson. Uh, probably not enough superlatives uh, over the last 10 years. I mean, 
This guy's won games, fourth quarter comebacks, completion percentage, quarterback rating, uh, you know, and he's starting to do it again. You know, they've trailed in the fourth quarter of all three of their games, and he's brought them back and, uh, you know, won a couple of those. So uh, running game's good. Backs are good. Uh, both of them can make yards with the ball in their hands. Um, you know, doing a good job of creating some big plays in the passing game with their receiving core. Tight ends uh, all have made plays. Um, and then the kicking game, uh, kicker's got a huge leg. Uh, he'll try them from basically the logo uh, on, um, you know, and they, they cover well uh, in their kicking game. And they got a good young returner um, who has averaged almost 20 yards of return in college, and he's already started to make some plays uh, in the league. So, um Hard at work, getting to know these guys. They're a little different than the team that we played last year, but uh, looking forward to having a good day today. <clears throat> Josh, uh, Dan Orlovsky was on, uh, I think, ESPN yesterday, kind of implied or maybe even accused uh, Derek Carr of purposely trying not to throw the ball to Devontae Adams in situations where he was open and maybe the ball was intended to go there. But I just wanted to ask you if, A, if you're seeing anything similar to that, and B, are there ever any discussions where you say, hey, you know, Maybe we have to spread the ball around a little bit longer. It might come at the expense of, you know, player A, even if player A is wide open. Um, I, I mean, I obviously don't know. I didn't see that. I don't know what he's referring to. Um, <clears throat> look, there's one ball. There's five skilled players. Um, you know, usually uh, four or five of them are in the read somehow, some way, uh, unless they're just full-time in protection. Um, Devante would always be involved in the, the read part of that. Um, sometimes he's the first one, sometimes he's the second. He's very rarely the third, fourth, or fifth, but sometimes it is what it is based on the coverage. Um, and so, again, we've seen a lot of different things in three weeks, um, m much of which may not have showed up in the scouting report based on the way a team played someone else. So I'd say one of the things that's um, a new experience for everyone is – when you, when you create a report, a scouting report for an opponent, you can only look at what they've done against someone else. Now, you can guess what they're going to do against you, but that's, you know, you're shooting in the dark there. Um, so one of the things that's really been interesting, and I've experienced this a couple other times in my life, is that, you know, the scouting report almost takes a, you know, a right or a left turn at the beginning of the game because a team decides to do something dramatically different than maybe what they did against two or three opponents prior to your game. And so I think that, you know, getting used to that, being able to adjust to it um, and still be productive. And again, a good example would be Holland's you know, has more opportunities because of certain things that maybe someone did to try to effectively take someone else away. Um, you know, Darren was doubled a number of times the other day. Devontae was as well. Hunter's been doubled this year uh, multiple times. Um, so you, you, you can't necessarily predict it, uh, which is why what we try to always preach is the most important thing we can do is read the defense because if you're going to just – assume that one guy is going to be open or, you know, I have to throw it here. Um, again, the defense always has a vote in that, and they get to determine how they're going to try to cover you. So I don't think um, anyone's trying to do anything, um, you know, other than move the football and score points. Uh, sometimes, you know, a double may occur, and it may look to somebody else like, well, he was still open, 
there might be two or three guys that were more open. And so that's part of the process. So um, we've talked openly to Derek and Devontae about this, you know, and like I said, I've gone through this with a few other players, you know, before where you just have to get used to how you're getting played um, because it's, it's not the same as what you see on the scouting report or what you see on the tape as you get ready for the game. So um, I have no issue with either one of those two guys. They're trying their very best to do the right things always, um, and they'll continue to do that as we go forward. Based on what you're seeing, um, do you feel like Derek is reading it ready, correctly, seeing it, you know, when they say talking about sure. seeing it? Sure. Again, and like I said, there's always opportunities where you say, well, he was doubled but still had a shot. Yeah, that, that might be that might have been true. And we might have completed a few balls in that situation as well. So, there's, you know, being right and wrong, uh, there's, you know, there's definitely some subjectivity to that, you know, and... Uh, look, we grade every throw, we grade every route, we grade every read, um, and and these two guys have a lot of confidence in these two guys doing the right thing. So, uh, but it's a process for them. This isn't, you know, we've talked about it, like they didn't see this together when they played before, you know, in college. That's not what happened. So, they're they're getting different things, and um, some of which Devontae's more used to because he's been played a little bit more like that. And now it's the two of them getting used to it together. And, uh, you know, we, look, we have a responsibility to help those two guys continue to be productive as well. So uh, we're all in it together. Maybe a small sample of three games, but Matt Collins, are you even surprised? Or I mean, I'm sure you're happy with this production, but even with a small sample size, does he surprise you? No, not surprised. I mean, because of the way he – the effort he puts in and, and the way he works. Um, he's worked like that since he got here. Um, when we signed him, you know, this was part of the equation. You know, and he wanted an opportunity to try to compete on offense and be more of an offensive contributor, um, as well as all the good things he does in the kicking game. And so, um, what a tribute to him that he's uh, still making impactful plays in the kicking game and playing almost, let's just call it almost every single play on offense. Um, I think it says a lot about the character of the human being and. Uh, the type of person, type of leader he is, because he doesn't want to come off the field for anything. I mean, if we told him you're running down on the kickoff team, you're protecting on the punt, you're the gunner on the punt team, you know, you're rushing punts, and then you're going to play every snap on offense, he wouldn't even blink. You know, so, um, no, just he's taking advantage of his opportunities that have come his way, Made obviously made some huge plays, um, you know, and, and what an unselfish player. You said that uh, about Devontae, you said obviously he's going to be the first read or the second read. He's not going to be the third. Read. Has Mac worked himself? Has he earned himself into being one of the top reads? It would depend on it would depend on what the play was and then the coverage. And again, sometimes I think there's you know this is I don't I don't want to bore you guys with this, but you know sometimes there's what we call a progression read. You know, and you're going from one side to the other. You know, sometimes you're reading it as a coverage read. So if it's post safety, I'm over here, and it's split safety, I'm over there. You know, and and so depending on what the coverage is, sometimes the beginning of the read could change. And so uh, Mac has definitely um, – he's in all of them as well because all the receivers really are at some point. Um, but he's, he's certainly taken advantage of the ones that, that he becomes an earlier part of the progression. There's no doubt about that. And, he's, and he has been first or second at times, no doubt. I can, if I can ask you this question, yeah. I, and I'm sure you're tired of answering questions about the offensive line. No, that's all right. If I understood more, maybe I'd be standing up there as a coach. <laughs> in the preseason, we asked you about the rotations, mm-hmm. and you said, this is normal. We're not going to have the same five guys. Yeah. Three games in, and I get it, there's some injuries. You yep. said, hey, we're still looking for the formula. Yep. It's now seven games. Yep. When's the formula work out? 
I, I think when it's again when it's clear and 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 evident, I think that's what it is. Um, look, I nobody would like that to be more evident and clear um, than all of us in here. Um, you know, to to say, hey, this is we, we don't need to do anything else, and. I think the biggest thing for us is we've tried to to continue to stress execution and competition and practice, which I know you guys don't always get to see anymore, um, and the games. And so the the adjustment we made uh, last week was, you know, basically to try to find the, the right group um, that could play as one unit and, you know, had no negative runs last week, you know, kept them off there for the most part. It's a good pass rush last week. It's another good one this week. Um, and so I think that there was definitely some progress made there. Um, Andre was out again, you know, last week. So, um, you know, it, there's definitely an element of patience for that. I just think we, you know, sometimes you want it to be um, done before it's done. Sometimes you want it to be simpler before, you know, really the decision should be made. And so, um you know, I want that as much as, as anybody else does. I think we're just trying to make sure that we put the right five guys out there as much as we can. When your team is in the midst of a disappointing stretch, mm-hmm. it, it's easy to point out what's gone wrong. There has been good things, too. As a coach, how do you find that balance? Of, hey, this isn't acceptable, but there are good things. And that yep. balance. Do it the same way every week, you know, and be consistent. Um, they know that. It's football. Um you know, we've been in three close games, so you're not in three close games against three good teams without playing well in stretches of each one of those games. So um, our players, and again, whether we have a good day or uh, a practice that's a little less than what we wanted, or we play a game and we win or we lose, um, I think the consistent approach as a coach is really what I've learned is best for them, you know. This is really good. We're really doing well here, and we need to continue to do that well. And these are some areas where we where we can improve in. And here's again, I think our responsibility is to provide them with, you know, hey, these are some solutions here that'll help us in this situation. So uh, just try to be consistent with them. And you know, the positives are the positives. They are what they are, and the negatives are the negatives. And so we're just try to be truthful, um, you know, and open with them and. Uh, they do a good job of listening, and uh, we just try to make the things that we can make better, better. Coach, yesterday, uh, yesterday I was talking to Mick, and he said that Matt Collins was an amazing human being, even more than anything that he can do on the team as a player. Just, It's very evident that he's a very interesting person. Do you have any uh, stories or recollections that kind of uh, sum up who Matt Collins is as a person to you? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I have probably a few of them, but – you know, I look out my window every once in a while, and Mac is running, you know, to the facility. You know, there's not many people that, you know, use their legs to get anywhere anymore, but Mac's one of them. So uh, he's just – he's a guy that, you know, um, he's a free spirit, um, but he's got an urgency about him and an attention to detail about him that, you know, that, that you would you would ask every player to, to possess in the building. But he's also, boy, what a, what a, uh, you know, a breath of fresh air relative to the things he's interested in. And I know he's talked about a fish tank and a zoo and, you know, and all the rest of that stuff. I mean, this is, but that's, that's real for him and having snakes and everything else. I mean, he loves that stuff, you know, I mean, believe me, my daughters think this guy is like, (laughs) he's the top of the chart for them. So, I mean, like you get Devante and Max Crosby, and those are great. But like, they, where's Mac? Where's Mac? Where's Mac? I mean, they just want to talk about Mac. So, 
um, you know, he's a, he just has great interest, you know, and I think that t- speaks to the depth of the person, you know, and you talk about him, what his role is here on the team. Uh, I'm not sure that there's anything he doesn't do. He leads, he practices well, he encourages others, he picks guys up, he makes big plays, uh, he's tough, you know. I mean, he's he's in great condition. Um, just, you know, boy, if, like I said, it is, it's, it's hard to find people uh, that are that are more determined to help the team in any way they can than Mac. It's obviously been a while, but uh, being a head coach against Denver, is, that, is there any significance to that to you? No, other than it's a division game, obviously we want to try to get ourselves going here at home, a first division home game. You know, we're uh, excited about that. But, no, I don't um, – I've said this many times. They gave me a great opportunity at a young age, and uh, thankful for that and um, learned a lot of lessons from that. There's Josh McDaniels, Raiders head coach, today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center before the Raiders took – the field for today's practice. I'm going to tell you who's at practice, who's not at practice, and all the status, but also information out of Los Angeles is confirming that Joey Bosa is having surgery on his torn groin and is going to be placed on the IR per Chargers head coach Brandon Staley. But the expectation is that he will return this season. So the Chargers losing a big player, and that might be big. For the Raiders. Let's go to a break and we'll come right back with the injury report of who's at practice and who's not for the Raiders. Back to the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. On second and four, toss play to Jacobs. He's going to pass back to Carr. It's a backwards pass. Carr downfield to Adams. Has it at the 20. Inside the 15, and he steps out of bounds at the 13. They toss it to Jacobs rolling right. Carr backpedaled to make sure it was behind the line of scrimmage on the toss back, and he found Devontae Adams streaking down the field for a first down. Nice timing of a trick play. There you go, Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy. You'll be able to listen to them this Sunday. Raiders versus Broncos week four as the Silver and Black go for their first win of the 2022 season. And they need it and they need it bad. So let's look at what has been going on at Raiders headquarters in the viewing period that the media had the opportunity to be in at today's practice, which is the stretching periods and the individual work periods. So let's remember what happened last week. The Raiders had Denzel Perryman and Hunter Renfro out due to injuries. Perryman, an ankle injury. Hunter, a concussion protocol situation. They had players that were listed as questionable that didn't see action, like Andre James and Trayvon Merrig. At today's practice, Perryman, who hasn't played since week one due to an ankle injury, he was at today's practice. Trayvon Merrig, who missed the last two games due to a hip injury, he was at practice. Rock Yassin, his knee got banged up against Tennessee, but he was at today's practice. And Andre James, who last week was at practice with the no-contact jersey, today he had a regular jersey on, so he would be more than likely available to play on Sunday against the Broncos. Now, that's another big question mark for the coaching staff. 
Do you want to play with that offensive line that you had during the game against the Tennessee Titans? Or do you want to move some strings and bring back Andre James as center and put Denzel Perryman back in the guard position? Questions going in, and we hope to get some answers soon. Not at practice today. Hunter Renfro, who missed the game against the Titans due to a concussion protocol, and Nate Hobbs, he's in the concussion protocol after that Titans game. So, fortunately, the guys that are unavailable, that list has been going lower in numbers, and that's positive. This is a contact sport in this season. Injuries have been happening left and right, despite us barely being three games in to the 2022 campaign. We hope everybody can stay healthy, but that we know is going to be difficult to happen. The Raiders, they got a banged up secondary group. Fortunately, one of the leaders, Rakyasin, who the Raiders traded for with the Indianapolis Colts, they sent Yannick Ngakwe. They got Rakyasin. He's one of the leaders in that group. And now who's going to play in case Nate Hobbs can't go against the Denver Broncos? That's the question right now. And you know that there's not a lot of depth in that room right now. By the way, shout out to Deshaun Reed on Twitter. He had all those reports on who's at practice, who's not. He's always there at Raiders practice with his binoculars and getting everything, all the information down to the detail and making sure he's got all the right guys informing you. Follow him at Deshaun Reed. Check out his articles at The Athletic. He does an amazing job. By the way, before sending over to the next break, I want to invite you guys on Friday. I'm going to be at Buffalo Wild Wings at the Miracle Mouse Shops at the Las Vegas Strip. It's my first episode of La Nación, the first ever 100% Spanish, 100% about the Raiders radio show in history. I was shocked. I was like, nobody did it in LA or Oakland? No? Well, I'm going to do it. I had it last year. We're doing it again this year, but we're going to be live on location, Buffalo Wild Wings at the Miracle Mouse Shops from noon to 2. And then from 2 to 5, Q Myers is going to be out there with Unnecessary Roughness. I'm going to be all around Las Vegas from this Friday all the way to the end of the season every Friday at different Buffalo Wild Wings locations. I still don't know if I'm getting free wings, and I hope not because if not, I'm going to gain a lot of weight. So I'll check you guys out there, Raider Nation. We want to see you. And, of course, we want to see you at Grimaldi's because it's hands down my favorite pizza in Las Vegas. Only at Grimaldi's Pizzeria can you get famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza that you crave. Grimaldi's has four locations in the Vegas Valley. Boca Park, the Palazzo, South Rainbow, and in Green Valley. For more, visit GrimaldisPizzeria.com. That's our number one here on today's JT The Brick Show. We're coming right back with more here on Raider Nation Radio.